Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy, Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another Tuesday. Super excited, as always, to bring you an excellent guest. And like I always like to start every show, I want to thank the listeners for listening to The Bar. Appreciate you guys sharing, um, listening to us telling friends about us buying the gear salute to everybody that listened and uh, like i said every tuesday we bring an excellent guest and um this gentleman um i found him actually i think it was through social media somebody else posted uh something that he had and i just kind of did the rabbit, rabbit trail but i have none other than dr strickland how are you sir i'm doing well and yourself Oh, man, I'm doing good. I appreciate you taking time out to come on the bar, man. What I like to do in the beginning is to uh, give you a chance to introduce yourself, uh, everything you want to share, personal, professional. I'm going to give you the floor to do that right here. Yeah, definitely. So, um, Walter Strickland, as you said, um, I currently serve as Associate Vice President for Kenan Diversity Initiatives and Assistant Professor of Theology at Southeastern Seminary in the College at Southeastern just wrapping up my fifth academic year there. So it's kind of, it's crazy how fast it's gone by, but the Lord has been kind to us here. Um, I have a wife named Stephanie. She and I have been married for seven years, have four little ones. We have one with the Lord and three in the house. The youngest of which is my little man. Uh, his name is Trey. Well, actually, his name is Walter the third. We call him Trey, though. And then I have a yes. two-year-old named uh, Kaya and a three-year or four, three-year-old named Kendra. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're just excited to um, to just be in, in the Wake Forest, Raleigh area, serving the King. Nice, nice. And my listeners know that's that's my uh, that's my heart. I'm from Eastern North Carolina, uh, near Fayetteville. Um, and one day, Lord's will, hope to be back in that area. Um, so let's <laughs> let's start with uh, yeah, man, I love it. Let's start with um, your role at uh, Southeastern. Just kind of talk about it as far as. Uh, 
you know, some of the responsibilities and, and, uh, cause I actually, I had on, uh, Dr. Aiken and he mentioned, uh, this, but you know, he didn't drop your name. He didn't give you a shout out. So you got to take that up with him, but, uh, nah, let's talk about you. that role a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, really what we did is, um, several years ago, we looked around at our campus and says, you know what? We don't reflect the kingdom of God. We only, re- we only reflect a segment of the kingdom of God and we don't think God is pleased with that. And so mm. what we set out to do is to try to create an environment where people who will be at the at the throne crying out, you know, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and under the Lamb in Revelation 7, Revelation 5, create a space in an environment where everyone who's going to be there, uh, different ethnicities and both genders, can come and be equipped for ministry uh, in such a way that anybody um, is able to serve any of God's children in a more effective way. So that takes on a variety of different um, facets. One, we have meetings uh, and events of different types, different uh, formats. We have smaller events that are regular. We have larger conferences uh, that are discussing issues that, um, you know, through a Christian worldview that ministers of the gospel will interact with, especially as we're looking across the lines of race, class, and gender. basically trying to give all of our students um, the ability to minister to people who are from a variety of backgrounds. And then we, mm-hmm. and then what we understand also is that in order to, to get those folks on campus, we've got to make some new friends. And so we're, we're constantly <laughs> networking with different uh, leaders, different networks who have uh, different people from different types of uh, cultural backgrounds uh, along with that. So, so we can, you know, sort of, um, be a, uh, come alongside for ministry purposes, you know, not that we have all the answers, but we just want to partner with more different types of people and groups. Um, and it's so wonderful to see an institution as large as Southeastern um, come alongside of other, uh, you know, church planning networks and what have you, and really allow them to lead the charge because we're so excited about what God is doing through them. And then even um, uh, generating some scholarship funds, uh, because we know that historically economics have been racialized in America, and folks that we're looking to bring to campus who have historically not been here are going to be in need of some economic help, especially because many of them are first-generation college students and graduate students. Mm-hmm. And so just trying to acknowledge that uh, area of brokenness and see to that. But then also, really, you know, when you come to college and seminary, the primary thing you do is take classes. And so what we've identified is that we can't just leave the classroom untouched. We're trying to introduce uh, new faculty who embody different backgrounds, um, uh, women and also people of color who will necessarily bring their cultural backgrounds and stories and experiences into the classroom and bring the, the content of the classroom and theology and New Testament and Old Testament and ethics to bear on the environments which they've come from, but also we're trying to um, – you know, start new classes. We've, you know, there's a class that I teach on liberation theologies. There's a class I teach on theology and global context. There is uh, several other classes that other faculty are teaching that are really beginning to engage environments that we have historically not engaged very well, uh, theologically speaking. And the last one is that we're trying to really just introduce new voices um, into every classroom. I mean, even like the the, the general one-on-one classes for all the disciplines, uh, trying to demonstrate to our students that the conversation has not been uh, ethnically monolithic. So uh, just bringing, you know, 
systematic theologians who are African American into the conversation, bringing uh, Asian New Testament scholars in, Hispanic Old Testament scholars, and the list goes on. And so I'm really just trying to, from the top to bottom, make this a place where not just minorities, but even our dominant culture students can be uh, those who walk across the stage at Southeastern and are able to minister to people beyond their own background. And so really that's what I do on the, on the one hand. On the other hand, as far as the faculty side, I'm, I'm a, just a, a nerd teaching theology, man. So th- those are the two <laughs> things that I do. Awesome, man. Awesome. Like, I ain't going to lie, man. You got me excited about what you guys are doing, man. Um, that, that, that's, I, I love the initiative. Uh, and I love, it, it, it sounds very strategic, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, we're going to meet about becoming more kingdom like, but, uh, okay, we'll meet about it next week. You know, you guys are uh, having yeah. things in place and, and moving, you know, so that, that is very, very, very encouraging. Um, so I, I'm, you know, I'm very familiar with that area, and um and and actually I had on who did I have on uh can't remember but somebody else from that area reminded me oh I know who it was it was uh, uh uh Kevin D Young he reminded me that even though I'm from you know Fayetteville Eastern North Carolina but Raleigh Wake Forest you know that area is more uh I guess uh I can say outsiders it's not like truly North Carolina culture. Because reason what I'm leading up to is, um, have you had any pushback with this? You know, this agenda or this? You know, what are you guys trying to do at uh, Southeastern? Have you had any pushback um, as far as people not liking the changes, or or are are you experiencing any of that at all? Yeah, you, you know, um, with any change comes some resistance, um, mm-hmm. and the resistance takes on a variety of forms. The uh, the the most um, the type of resistance that people would assume would happen are those who are uh, not excited about making this a place where all cultures are invited. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some mm-hmm. people who who are like that. I mean, and and uh, by God's grace, that that type of pushback has not come from people on our campus. Uh, since, since our Kenyan Diversity Initiative is so visible not just on our campus, but around the country and in, in the Southern Baptist Convention, a lot of the pushback has come from beyond uh, our own campus. And so, uh, especially mm-hmm. of, of that type. On campus mm-hmm. here, at first, people were um, not against, you know, bringing different backgrounds on the campus and having the the pot be seasoned by other cultural backgrounds. But it was sometimes it was like, well, what we're doing is working. And why change it? And so then mm-hmm, having to mm-hmm. uh, say, hey, you know what? Even though that what we're doing is working and it's good, it can even be better. This is this is not this. You know, I don't think that we have this uh, every tribe, tongue, and nation cry in the scripture uh, just for the sake of making it making us miserable. I think that this is in the scripture because it can. We're actually missing out on something even greater if we actually pursue this. And so uh, being able to begin to convince people on campus that even though that what we have is good, that God has something better for us out there, uh, here's where it is in the Bible. And then so because we've then expanded our hermeneutic to include some of these, like, you know, uh, parallel implications of the gospel from our brother, from one brother to the next or one sister to the next, uh, we really begin to experience some of the richness that God has for us 
in the fact that we're sharpening each other across these lines of difference on our campus as we're not only becoming better people, uh, better children of the king, but also as we're becoming better lead servants in the kingdom as we're training shepherds and pastors and, um, you know, missionaries and counselors uh, and what have you. So uh, so um, that was a level of, of um, not pushback, uh, in, a, mm-hmm. in the in the in, in the sense that we would think, but just questions about why I go this route, and you know, and, and because uh, many of the people who were asking the questions were people I respected and people who educated me, because I have a, a master of divinity, master of theology from Southeastern. You know, you know, it was good. It was good for me to have to think through those and those questions and give answers to them, but then come back with a, a very excited. Uh, hey, this is what the possibilities are, as opposed to this is what the Bible says, and you and you have to do it. You know what I'm saying? So that <laughs> that difference in tone, in, you know, towards an excited hope for the future, I think really compelled them. Awesome, that's good stuff, man. Exciting, exciting. So, um, as far as uh, you know, you know, family man, you know, the kids, the wife, and then teaching theology nerd i have a lot of uh local pastors that that listen to the show um and actually probably some some professors man so what what's kind of your approach when it comes to uh balancing you know uh personal life work life i mean personal life versus you know work and ministry and all of that what what's kind of the the thing that that helps you with that (laughs) man um that's a tough one that i'm still trying to get my mind around and and everything like that, but I'll just mm-hmm. kind of give a couple of things that I've learned along, along the way. Um, every person is created differently. Uh, God has given people some people a longer wick, um, and some people a shorter wick as far as work goes. Um, people are, are built for different types of work, and so just being mindful to how God has made you, first of all. Uh, and so some, some folks are, are, can more easily you know, be a, a person who studies in isolation for longer periods of time, although that doesn't mean that we're, we're not communal beings because we know that we all are, theologically speaking. But um, And then there's mm-hmm. some who are, are, are better able to be with people for longer periods of time. Like I, I have a really good friend who's a counselor who spends all day in everybody's mess, and he loves it. <laughs> and, he, and he gets energized by it. I'm like, man, I would rather run a marathon, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uphill both ways. Then, then do that. I mean, although although I, I can do that here and there, but that's just not the way God has made me. So, I guess the first thing is understanding how God has made you. Uh, but then, second of all, you know, having having a good sense that our desires are actually godly. So um, mm. many people who overwork um, usually are falling to the pressures of what they think they're supposed to be doing as opposed to trying to pursue what God has for them. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah, perfect, and, perfect sense. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I love so, it. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so, so people, people uh, run themselves ragged trying to, you know, get PhDs, but simultaneously blog every day, and then simultaneously have their weekly podcast that they run, and then simultaneously trying to be a lay elder, and then simultaneously working – over at their nine to five and then simultaneously trying to be a dad and a husband. And then, I mean, like people, I mean, what does God have for you? It's not, I mean, Mm -hmm. we are a member of the body. We're one one portion and we don't have to bear the entire brunt. And so uh, I think there's this expectation that we set for ourselves that's inappropriate. 
that we have to understand that our service to the, to King Jesus is significant, but it's not everything. And so, uh, but that takes some of the pressure off folk as they're trying to figure out how to balance things, because I think they'll have less to balance if they're listening to the Lord as opposed to listening to the to what they think everyone thinks they should be doing. Mm. But with that in mind, uh, the, a, a practical step is to, you know, talk to people around you, um, because the people around you know you well. Uh, the people around you can see if you're stressed out. The people around you, especially if you're married and have a spouse, listening to them um, is is so important when you're trying to figure out how you should be spending your life and your time, uh, trying to figure out how to honor the Lord in that way. So if your spouse is, you know, a God-fearing person who loves the Lord, they are definitely, and friends who are close to you are definitely helpful in that. And, and you know, a, a mentor said to me a couple of years ago, he says, if the Lord is calling you to something, those who are closest to you will hear too. And mm. so... As you're looking this, you know, to 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 the people that you're in community with, and that assumes that you're a part of a local church, active in that, where people actually know you, so being known in that group, to the point where you can say, you know what, I feel the Lord tugging me this way, and then people can actually look at you and be like, no, nah, man, that's not that's not you. You 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 might feel pressure to do that because you want to appear uh, in some way, but that I don't think that's quite you. We think this is more your speed, and it could actually be a blessing that they redirected you. And so uh, mm. if, the, if the people around you, spouse, friends, church folk around you, can be uh, a voice to you, that's, that, I think that's just biblical and wise. But, and then also um, something I, I do, because I, I, I end up being you know, fairly busy, is that I have a schedule that I try to, to, to stick to, so my wife and my kids know what to expect, um, and I try to be faithful to that. So, so uh, you know, if, if I have certain commitments to them, keeping those. If I have certain commitments to other things, keeping those as well. And so uh, letting my yes be yes and my no be no is something I try to, try to live by. And uh, if I can't do that, then I've got too much on my plate, and I just cannot do any more. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you know, I think that those are just some simple things that I try to abide by. And, and, and then also knowing that, uh, if you have some flexibility in your job or in your ministry, uh, use that because there are certain times in my family's life or, or even during, during the day where I'm more valuable than others. Um, so, mm. you know, I, I write in the early mornings and I, work, I got a couple of book projects I'm working on. And so I get up before my family gets up uh, five o'clock and then I write till eight because from eight to nine is a really important time for our family. Getting our kids ready. We laugh. Mm -hmm. We joke. You know, I make breakfast every morning for us. We, we we sit down, we have a meal together, and then I come into my office at, here on the campus. And so it, it, it's important for us to have that hour as opposed to me just going to the, into the office real early here on campus. And so, you know, just, just taking those things into consideration, uh, flexing and moving where you can, and then, you know, uh, feel free also to participate in the ministry of saying no. Because in, when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. And so right. um, oftentimes – what we'll find is that there will be many uh, good opportunities that will come our way, but we can't do every good thing because we're only one person. We have limitations. And so uh, press into that, understanding that limitation is a good thing because we're not God, and then uh, and then make wise decisions. So I, I guess that's kind of how I, I process through all that.
No, that's that's perfect. That is very helpful, man. That like, you you preaching to me while you talk about <laughs> that's for real. Well, well, and yes, the sir. thing is, it's it's, it's all I, that I learned a lot of that stuff by by doing it the wrong way. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, just, I, I, you yeah, know, I, I was I thinking about, it. I was thinking about instances. You know, I was thinking about instances in my own life, uh, teary mm-hmm. conversations with, with my own wife, um, mm-hmm. and, and all that. So, all m- much of that was learned the hard way. <laughs> I got you, man. Well, I, I pray that it benefits somebody that's listening. It definitely benefited me. So, right here, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. For over 40 years, Table Talk Magazine has helped growing Christians live biblically informed lives with Bible studies and monthly articles from trusted pastors and teachers. Bar podcast listeners living in the U.S. and Canada, you can request your free three-month trial today and join over 250,000 people who already read Table Talk Magazine every month. Visit thebarpodcast.com forward slash Table Talk to start your trial today. That's thebarpodcast.com forward slash Table Talk. All right, we're back in here with uh, 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 another. I, I don't know. Are you from North Carolina? Because I hate to call you a Carolina boy if it's not fitting. Where are you from? <laughs> Man, I was born in Chicago. Uh, okay. Grew up on the, in Roseland in Southside, and then, uh, but I was raised in California from first grade through high school. Gotcha. And, and see, God delivered you and brought you to the Carolinas. See, now you're you good to go. <laughs> good stuff, man. But yeah, uh, Dr. Walter Strickland, I have to put the doctor on there because, you know, I like to uh, respect the man's title. Um, I know you probably work hard for that DR, you know, so yes, definitely yes, that, sir. man. <laughs> so what I want to do here, man, is uh, we do what we call our uh, bar signature questions. These are three questions that we ask all of our guests that are more fun, light, uh, kind of give the listeners a kind of another peek, uh, you know, into the to person, to the person or whatever. So the first signature bar question is what kind of music you listen to? Man. Uh, so if you got in my car right now and just turned it on, uh, show Baraka's the narrative is in there. Um, mm. so I, I do like hip hop. Um, but it's interesting because I grew up playing drums and saxophone, and so I was really heavy into the like the music scene. So I love jazz, uh, Latin jazz. I love you know uh, big band jazz, um, and so like any like so also like on a different day you, you might you might turn my the, the stereo on and then you might hear some Kirk Whalum coming out of the, the stereo too. Mm. And so mm-hmm. and, and if you don't know if you don't know Kirk Whalum, you got to peep him. He's he's a, a gospel. Um, uh, jazz musician, he will bless you. Uh, so plays gotcha. the saxophone. Yeah, so fantastic stuff there. And so, and and also, in you know, the next day you might turn on the car and hear Ty Tribbett. And so it just <laughs> or or or, uh, or Israel Houghton. I'm, I'm I'm sort of a, this uh, this weird dude and uh, who just is listening to all sorts of stuff. So uh, it, it's really hard to nail okay. me down. No, that's that's legit, man. I, 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 does the the saxophone guy do he do like some covers like of well known gospel songs or whatever? Is it all like his material? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's some of his material. He has a CD just full of hymns. Um, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he has a, a, a CD full of other covers that he's done. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a blend. Okay, nice. I'm gonna have to check it out. Kind of got the same background, man. I played 
uh, drums, but also I play trumpet instead of uh, saxophone. So, yeah, I, I, I gotcha. feel where you're coming from. <laughs> Good stuff, man. So next signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading? Currently? Oh, man. So I'm, I'm always so I'm reading a couple books at the same time. There's, there's, there's a couple mm-hmm. that are really, really boring, so I'm going to spare you those. But uh, there's this book called Scripture uh, and its Interpretation that Baker, uh, Baker uh, Press just put out. And so it's basically walking through how we receive the Bible as a, as a text from God. But then also there's a second section there that I'm really interested in, and it's talking about the like, ways that different cultures around the globe have received the Scripture and what different mm. emphases they discern as they're reading the Bible. Uh, and much of that is because, you know, uh, our lived experience sort of attunes our ears to the multifaceted nature of the biblical text in such a way where particular themes jump out at us. And so it's interesting mm. because as you read the Bible, especially as you read the Bible in a community, hopefully that community is diverse comprised of different ages, stages of life, races, uh, socioeconomic status, and so forth, because of that mix of people, we're actually able to, in community, gather more of what the Bible is is saying to us because we're tempted to just see that thing that jumps out to us and see that as the paradigm through which we read all of the Bible. So this book is helping me to see how uh, different, like, appropriate themes that are in the Bible that God has placed there for us to find are being identified and, um, you know, around the globe. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds interesting for sure. Wow. I never thought about how other cultures uh, receive it. I mean, you know, I guess that's just American way we just think about ourselves or whatever, but that, that sounds pretty cool. Um, So the last signature bar question is, what podcasts or sermons do you listen to, if any? Uh, yeah. So I, I probably I probably do more podcasts than I listen to, unfortunately, because uh, this life <laughs> is just a little bit helter skelter. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I really appreciate the preaching ministry of H. B. Charles, uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Dates, um, my own pastor Tony Marita, um, and then as far as uh, Christopher Brooks, who is a, a dean. Uh, of the Moody campus of uh, in, in Detroit always blesses me. He's, he's the author of a book called Urban Apologetics. Um, uh, fantastic. So read his book <laughs> and also listen to whatever, you know, just whatever he puts out because he's very helpful. Uh, and so nice. I, I, I love, I love following him and what he's doing. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know uh, Tony was your pastor. We've had Tony on the show. So we just okay, there you go. Going there you all go. around the circle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so he, he's uh, got me preaching more and more these days, and so we're trying to get uh, a little uh, pulpit team together um, because of that reality that I was just talking about a moment ago about how, mm-hmm. you know, all of us come to the text with our with, with, with lots of stuff that has to be put under Christ's lordship, but then we bring our personalities into the mix. We bring our experiences into the mix. We delivered differently, but we're all trying to find out what the inspired message is for the people of God. And so what we're trying to do is honor that at our church. And uh, and we're developing this teaching team that, uh, by God's grace, can instruct our people to godliness. 
Awesome. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Tony's Tony's dope. I like him for sure. Man, so we're gonna uh we're gonna end it up right here, man. Um I always like to at the end of the show give my uh my my guests the opportunity to speak to the listeners. Anything you wanna share or shout out or announce. Uh, you know, I know you heard, heard you talking about you was working on a book. This show probably will be airing at the end of June, early July. So just keep that in mind, but I'm going to give you the floor to uh, any announcements, any words of encouragement, whatever you want to do, you got the floor to do it right here. Definitely, definitely. So um, there's a book that I was uh, pleased to edit and so uh, sort of bring back into life called uh, Plain Theology for Plain People by Charles Octavius Booth. Um, he he was born a slave. He was emancipated uh, at the conclusion of the Civil War. And then, and then in 1890, he wrote a book that is uh, this systematic theology that was intended to help sharecroppers understand the faith uh, more succinctly. So I would just encourage you guys to pick that up. Not that I'm making any money off of it, so and, and I didn't really write it. I wrote a little introduction for it, but I'm, I'm just promoting the work of Charles Octavius Booth because he's a representative of the uh, rich tradition um, of African-American Baptists. Uh, in, in, the, in the country that's largely forgotten, and um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and as you continue to to to, to read and, and write, think um, about how God is shaping you and molding you to be used of Him, and so uh, stay stay faithful to the Scripture, stay faithful to your church, uh, be connected to people who love the King, and um, you know, and listen to the power of the Holy Spirit and. You know, grace and peace to you guys out there as you just try to walk faithfully and humbly uh, unto our God. Amen, brother. Appreciate you, sir. Again, I want to thank you, man, for, uh, like I said, taking time out. Uh, and and I, my listeners to you guys, I'm a witness of him and his schedule. Like, we had planned this, like, last year. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that far back. But... <laughs> <laughs> But but we we put a, there was a little time in, in between when I first spoke with uh with him and and we got here but but I, I'm grateful I I'm I'm truly honored and 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 think of the privilege that you're on the show man uh definitely appreciate what you're doing uh in in my area I'll be back soon in my area hopefully I'll be able to meet you one day I already got an invitation from Tony so I'll definitely be by the church. And um, excellent, and, excellent. and definitely with that, yeah, man, for sure. So uh, yeah. to the rest of the listeners, make, make sure you guys check out the Bar every Tuesday. Your favorite podcast coming in on thebarpodcast.com. dot com. Make sure you check out all the other shows connected to the Bar Pack Podcast Network. Just thinking with Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, Kaleoscope with Ariel and Lisa. And then we got uh, She Who Believes with Christy and, and April, and then Spirit and Soul with my man Isaiah Robinson. God is doing great things and uh, we appreciate you guys love and support. Make sure you follow us on Facebook slash The Bar Podcast Instagram, Twitter The Bar underscore podcast and until next time we out.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there